Welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast. We are so glad that you have tuned in to be blessed by the Spirit and the Word of God. Hi, I'm Alan McMillan. I'm the senior pastor here at the Lighthouse, and I hope that you are blessed beyond measure with what you hear through the Word of God. Check us out at our website at lighthousekpt.com and connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at LighthouseKPT. It would be our joy to get to know you better. We're talking about relationships. And the first lesson that we talked about was uh, relationship uh, with Jesus in a covenant relationship. And God has blessed. We've seen several baptized in that name because of that relationship. And then we've continued that, our, our relationship with others. It, it really does matter how we treat others. Our relationship as the bride of Christ, as the church, all that is so important. Our relationship in prayer, we talked about that, having a relationship with the Lord in prayer that produces intimacy. And today I want to finish our Sunday lessons on relationship with, it's, it's twofold, but it's, it's very important. Not only is it my relationship with the church, but the church's relationship with the world. Now there is a twofold relationship that I'm going to squeeze into just, just a few moments of time today. And it is my relationship, the importance of me having a relationship with the body of Christ. You having a connected relationship is paramount to your spiritual health, your spiritual well-being. The Bible declares that the church is a body, calls it a, a body, the body of Christ. Well, if you had your finger amputated and you did not uh, properly preserve the amputated finger and get the proper medical condition, your finger will be lost. Disconnection from the body. Disconnection from a relationship with your body where blood brings life to the muscle, to the tendons, where there is a disconnection, death is soon to follow. And when you disconnect yourself from the body, when death has happened, rigor mortis begins to set in to that, it becomes very stiff, and before too long, it'll start stinking. If we disconnect ourselves from the body of Christ, if we disconnect ourselves from a relationship with Jesus and fellowship with others, spiritual rigor mortis will eventually set in to our life. Not only that, one of the most deadly and unattractive things will happen. Your attitude will begin to stink through a disconnection of the body. One of the greatest things you could have done this week is made up in your mind that on Sunday, I am going to connect myself with the body. 
We understand that the body assembles. The Bible tells us all these things, that there is an assembling of ourselves together, that we are to do it even the more as we see the day approaching. This is where small groups in the next few months will be presented to us, that we can connect with the body in a greater way, more than just a Sunday or a Wednesday. The Bible talks to us about being fitly framed together, that when we are born again into the body of Christ, that God puts us, he fitly frames us together. He makes us a wonderful part of his body. And everyone, Pastor James so wonderfully said it today, everyone here today, no matter if you feel like the least among us today, you are vitally important to the body of Christ. If no one has told you yet today, which I hope our greeter staff and our usher staff has told you this, but I am glad you're here today. I am very glad that you have assembled together with brothers and sisters of like precious faith in the body. And I pray that the spiritual nourishment of the blood of Jesus will minister to you today in a mighty way. The healing blood of Jesus. So I wanna talk about my relationship with the church and the church's relationship with the world. Let me read a scripture. I've, I've, I've mentioned this scripture several times the past few weeks. Let me read it again in its entirety. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 13 through 18. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say, that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others uh, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter, someone say Simon Peter, answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said unto him, blessed, blessed, Art thou Simon Barjona? For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's say amen to the word of God. God's word is real, powerful, true, sharp, and quick. It cuts as a two-edged sword dividing asunder, but there is spiritual revelation when it comes to the word of God. What we just read is the Logos. It was recorded nearly 2,000 years ago. It was an actual event that happened, but through the word of God, we receive 
2,000 years later, a rhema word concerning this scripture that if you and I will obey the gospel command, we will be part of something that is going to be victorious, something that is already victorious, something by its nature and its DNA is a victorious body. We are not an organization. We are not a dead assembled charter. We have charters. We are a a tax exempt entity. We have bylaws and documents that give us legal right with the state of Tennessee and the federal government to do business as and to gather together and to worship as a church. But I submit to you that there is a higher power today. 145 Ship Springs Road that governs our acceptance of what we are doing today and it dates back 2,000 years ago to Matthew chapter 16 that upon this rock I will build my church. You are part of the church of Jesus Christ today. Hallelujah. There's seven amazing things about this church. It'll help you understand your relationship with the church and the church's relationship with the world. For too long, we have looked at the world's relationship, the church's relationship with the world. And for too long, we have looked at that in the negative. We have looked at it as stay away, do not uh, rub shoulders, do not contact. We've got to get together in our own little clique. We've got to get together where we all look the same, act the same, uh, have the same core values, uh, part our hair just right, talk just right. We've got to have, in my opinion, spiritual incest. Hello? God is not pleased with natural incest and he's not pleased with spiritual incest. If the only growth the church of God has is every now and then a baby, a natural baby is born to a mother and a father, if a church's average age is over 50 years of age, it is proven to be a dying church. But I'm glad I'm part of a church that not only natural babies are being born, but spiritual babies are being born. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our relationship with the world should be one of constantly trying to influence the world with the salt of the gospel. That should be our relationship. Seven amazing facts about the church. Number one, Jesus built the church. Jesus built it. Humanity was created. Humanity was formed. God breathed breath into the nostrils of humanity. Creation was created in six days. God rested on the seventh. Everything created, we observe it. 
trees, plant life, zoology, botany, the human uh, species. We were created by God, but the Bible says that the Lord Jesus built. He is building the church. You and I are fitly framed together in a building, and it's not up to us. It is not our choice who is birthed in to this wonderful thing called the church. It is up to God, and Jesus Jesus himself said, whosoever will, let him come. We as the church of the living God, we need to make straight and to make wide, to make a highway that we are a city that is set upon a hill, but there is a highway that every sinner, every human, every person in this city can come through the king's highway. We've got to make ready. We've got to make ready. There has to be a king's highway. It's been paid by the apostles, the prophets, Jesus, the chief cornerstone. But there are patriarchs and matriarchs that have gone on before us, that have cleared the way. They've laid down a base of gravel. They've put a base of concrete down that now, ladies and gentlemen, there ought to be a six-lane superhighway coming straight to the church of God. And there ought to be directions and signposts telling people how to clearly become part of the body of Christ and it is our responsibility not to keep this great gospel hid under the four walls of this great church but take the bushel off and let the light shine. Jesus built it. I just read the scripture, Matthew 16 and 18. Jesus said, you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church. I will build my, we don't have the authority to say whosoever will. I love the principle of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter three, Jesus said something so powerful that takes it out of my hands, it takes it out of your hands. We can't receive the credit for it, but Jesus said the wind blows where it wants to blow. I've got news for you today. Those watching by the way of the internet, you may be in your living room, but the wind is blowing today where it wants to blow and the Spirit of God is drawing you to be part of the most amazing thing in the history of mankind. It's known as the church of the living God. Oh, I need a relationship with my church. I've got good news for somebody today. The church will not fail. I said the church will not fail. I've read the back of this thing. And oh yeah, all hell's gonna break loose. There's gonna be times and half times and there's gonna be tribulation, there's gonna be great tribulation. There's gonna be a lot of crazy things happening, but at the end of the day, I've read the back of the book and it declares that the church is victorious. The church is a bride adorned for her husband. You're part of the greatest thing going today. Woo. 
I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want you to think I'm picking on any civic groups. I'm not. But the church is greater than the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts. The church is greater than the Ruiton. The church is greater than any type of civic group that you can be a part of. The church is the only soul saving entity in this world. And it shall not fail. The old ship of Zion has been sailing for 2,000 years. The old ship of Zion has hit some waves. It's come through storm. It's come through flood. It's come through low tide and rocky areas. It came through Roman persecution where they sewed up Christians in meat suits and fed them to the lions. It's come through the Roman persecution. It's come through the Spanish Inquisition. It's come through persecutions all around the world and the church, the old ship of Zion is still sailing today, picking souls up along the way. The ship of Zion will never fail because King Jesus is the captain of this great ship. We are victorious in Jesus Christ. The church will not fail. It will not fail. Look at your neighbor and tell them it will not fail. What you're part of today will not fail. I may disappoint you. Our ministry team may disappoint you. Someone in this church may hurt your feelings, but the conglomeration of the church body that is represented here today, you will not fail. You are a success. You are victorious through the blood of Jesus, through the name that's been called over you. You are a child of God. Woo! Oh, there's a lot of bumps and bruises in the church. That's all right. How many knows the ark was the only means of salvation? The Lord told Noah, build an ark. But you listen to me. Noah's faith alone did not save him. And your faith alone will not save you. Faith plus works equals salvation. Faith plus nothing is nothing. Faith plus nothing is nothing. Faith plus your obedience and your work will produce salvation. I'm in the book. Read the book of James. He says, show me your faith without works and I'm gonna show you dead faith. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says Noah believed. He listened. He had faith. But Noah would have never been saved if he hadn't have said, boys, go chop down some gopher wood. Boys, let's get our tools ready. I'm talking to a church today. We've got to do more than just sit on our hands. We've got to sharpen our tools. We've got to get ready for the heart. We've got to prepare the ark. Get the boat ready. We've got to put as many in the boat that'll fit. The church will not fail. The church is victorious. The ark was the only means of salvation. And by the obedience of Noah, he and his family, eight souls were saved. It was at times, I'm sure, on that ark, uncomfortable. I'm sure at times on that ark, it was a little smelly. I'm sure that there were times on that ark, it was a little messy. But when your life is being saved, 
you don't mind the mess so bad. The church is not a perfect place individually. There's gonna be mess, you're gonna find trouble, you're gonna find situations and circumstances that'll make you scratch your head and make you say, hum, but you listen to your pastor today. The church is the only vehicle that's gonna carry you into glory. It may be messy, but it's taking you to glory. It may be uncomfortable, but it's taking you to glory. Oh, I need the church. It's the only means of salvation. I need the church. Somebody say, I need the church. I need you. I need you. You need me. We're the body of Christ. This ship of Zion's gonna land somewhere. And how many knows those eight souls were gonna be saved if they didn't leave the boat? The apostle Paul was on a prisoner ship. A great storm arose. They were getting nervous. They thought they was gonna have to jump ship. But the apostle Paul gave us a revelation. He said, don't jump ship. He said, stay in the ship. Stay on the boat, honey. I'm telling you today, there's nothing better. There's nothing more appealing. There's nothing more pleasing in this world. The church is going to take you and your family to heaven. Jesus purchased this thing with his own blood. He owns it. Somebody say Jesus owns it. I don't own it. You don't own it. Our trustees don't own it. Our board don't own it. Jesus owns this thing. The Bible says in Acts 20 and 28, take heed unto yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit hath made you overseers to feed the church of the Lord, which he purchased with his own blood. It's his church. He called me some years ago to be a, a watchman, to be an elder, or to be a pastor, or to be a bishop. They all mean the, the same in the New Testament. He called me to be an overseer. But I do not have the rights to you. I do not control you. I cannot control you. I can't make you do my will. My job and obligation as your wonderful pastor of this great church is to simply feed you, to feed the flock. It's his church. He purchased it with his blood. There's no price any higher. Nobody else can purchase it. Nobody else can come in and steal it. We belong to Jesus today. You are a child of the King, you belong to him. Your name is written in the palm of his hand and no one can pluck you out. It's his church. Woo. Oh, there's life in the blood. How many knows that? You know what I love about the church? There's sanctuary in the church. There's sanctuary. What I mean by sanctuary, please listen. There's sanctuary Reservations where animals cannot be hunted. You go onto those sanctuary lands and you begin to hunt animals and you begin to kill animals, you are going to find yourself probably in jail because there is no hunting allowed. And in this sanctuary of the church, there is no hunting allowed. 
What do I mean by that? I'm not in the business of trying to pick somebody off today. I'm not up here grinding any axes. I'm not trying to kill somebody today. I'm not up here trying to put you in your place today and neither are any of our members. If you came in this place today and you are less than, congratulations, join the club. We're all less than. We're all failures. But by the grace of God, such were some of you. But through his blood, we are redeemed and victorious. There is no hunting allowed. I said there's no hunting allowed. You drop your baggage. You drop the baggage at the door and there's no baggage claim. Don't you pick it up today. Your baggage in the church is in the sea of forgetfulness and I don't know how more clearly to say it than this. God is nowhere near as impressed or concerned with your past as he is your future. And if God is not concerned with your past, I'm not concerned with your past. And if it's thrown in the sea of forgetfulness. I'm not going to fish. There's no hunting allowed. This is a sanctuary. This is a sanctuary. Hallelujah. Listen, we hate the effects of sin. We hate sin, but we do not hate the sinner. We love humanity because they have a soul. That's the relationship of the church. Do you hear me? We love every sinner. We we hate the sin that entangles them and puts them in bondage, but we love the sinner. I say this as carefully and as gently as I can and please take it from the spirit that I'm saying it in. In the the northern part of the country, we pastored there for, for seven years and we had a, an individual that would come that was uh, living an, an alternative lifestyle, if you know what I mean. He was living an alternative lifestyle and he, he, he loved it. He knew what was right. He, he knew what he needed. He had been apostolic. But every time he came, he would pray and pray and want to receive the, the Spirit of God. And there was a blockage, a hindrance, a hindrance, and it was simply the lifestyle choice. You listen to me. Our church, myself as the pastor, our ministry team, none of us came down and said, well, bless God, brother, if you'd quit living like an old hellion, if you'd quit being an abomination to the Lord. No, honey, we preached the word. I shook his hand. I hugged his neck. I told him I was glad to see him in the house of God. Well, preacher, I'll never do that. You better check your attitude. You better check your spirit. You better love the sinner and hate the sin. There is no hunting allowed. Oh, hallelujah. Because I believe. You may disagree with me and that's fine. You got the right to your own opinion. But I think the book's on my side because I'm as of the opinion that if God saved a wretch like me, if he can save a liar, a cheater, and a murderer, if he can save a prostitute, if he can save a drug addict, there's no sexual preference that he can't save. The blood of Jesus can wash and make whole any type of preference you have today it can wash you 
You're in the right place today. If you feel negative and you feel bad, it's not condemnation. Nobody here is condemning you. It's the conviction of God. It's the mercies of God that draw us to repentance. Hallelujah. This is a sanctuary. Somebody say no hunting. No hunting. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love of God that he has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God lives in them. There was a Christian song a few years ago. The man in his song was singing that he was praying, God, why so much trouble in this earth? God, why is there so much sickness, poverty, disease? And why is there so much hurt, war, and famine, God? God, why don't you, and in his song, he's praying, God, why don't you do something about it? And God's response was, I did. I created you. Instead of folding our hands and watching Fox News and say how bad this world is and it's going to hell in a handbasket, why don't you, sir, be the hands of Jesus? Why don't you, ma'am, be the feet of Jesus? Sir, why don't you show the mercy of God to the sinner that lives beside you on your street? The church is the vehicle of salvation and how arrogant it would be to keep this great salvation to ourselves. Ephesians chapter four, verse two, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. This is my relationship with the church. First Peter four and eight, above all. Above what? Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers a multitude, glory to God, of sin. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that he loved me. I'm grateful that I was born and raised in a church that loved me. In spite of my faults and my failures, they loved me. Because you listen to this pastor, there's enough love in this building today. The love of God is here. The love of God's people is here that it can absolutely pull you out of any situation, any problem, any circumstance. The love of God covers a multitude of sin. John 15 and 12, Jesus said, my commandment is this, love each other as I have loved you. You know what else I love about the church? Number four, in the church, we build strong relationships. Strong relationships. There's room for everybody in this church, but it's not God's will for you to come in five and 10 minutes late, incognito, slip in, never talk to anybody, never fellowship anybody, time it just right when the pastor closes his Bible, when everybody stands, I'm gonna slip out. I'm not even, I'm not gonna let anybody touch me, greet me, talk to me because I've been, I've been hurt. You listen to me. The greatest way to deal with any type of hurt is through the exposure 
of a loving relationship. I believe I'm speaking to folks today. Maybe there's been a divorce in your life. Maybe, maybe you could testify. If I took a moment and you testified even about the remarriage or how God brought love back to you, some shape, form, or fashion, that you would testify that, yes, I've been hurt. Yes, it was the lowest point of my life. Yes, I didn't know how I was going to wake up and endure tomorrow. But I opened myself up to love again. And I have found love in a deep and meaning relationship. Can I talk to somebody today? The church of the living God offers you deep and meaningful relationships. You were never meant to live this life alone. You were never meant to be isolated. You were never meant to build in and to pin in all of those feelings. The Bible says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. There's enough love and fellowship here today that can encourage any person under the sound of my voice. I love you. You're a child of God. You're special to God. You're special to me. You are special to this church. We love you. And you need a relationship with the church. Hallelujah. We build strong relationships. Life happens in circles, y'all. Life happens in circles much more than it happens in the rows of these pews. In the near future, as we... It's so wonderful. So many people have talked to me about groups that they're so interested in starting for fellowship, from, from Bible study groups to sporting activity groups and outdoor groups and... I, it, it, sewing and quilting groups for ladies and, and, and men, groups that we can go out and bless the community and serve less force. There's so many wonderful opportunities that's coming in this church that you can connect yourself in fellowship. A threefold cord is not easily broken. But when you try to stand alone, the weight of this world can break you. But when you bind together with brothers and sisters in fellowship, we become part of the victorious body of Christ. You will think, I want you to think of this, and I'm closing, if you'll give me about five minutes. Stand, would you stand with me, please? I want you to think about the 350 plus foot tall redwood trees. I want you to think about those out on our west coast. They grow in very <clears throat> wet, moist areas. And I want you to think about how great and vast those trees are. It takes about 250 to 275 PSI to get that water from the root system up to the top of that tree. The redwood only stops growing when the water can't be reached any higher. And what produces the water and the strength to be able to climb through those roots is the root system of other redwood trees. The only limitation in your growth with God 
is your limitation of fellowship with the body of Christ. I want you to think about this, that 350 foot tall redwood. You think it would need deep roots, roots that go 20, 30, 40 feet into the ground. You may think that, but that's not the case at all with the redwood tree. The redwood's roots are very shallow. Often they're only five or six feet deep at the most. <clears throat> but they make up for it in its width as it stretches out, extending out to over a hundred feet from the trunk of the redwood. They thrive in thick groves. You're never going to see a single redwood just standing up alone somewhere because a redwood could not reach its full potential without the help of other redwoods. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the beauty of the church. God knew that we needed each other. And God understood that the world, more than ever, needs a church that's concerned not only with each other, but concerned with others. Pastor James so well said it today, that not only do we have to have in-reach, we have to have outreach. These redwoods, when they intertwine their root systems, they fuse together. This gives them tremendous strength against the forces of nature. When? When they intertwine their root systems together. This way they can withstand the high winds and the raging floods that the river bottom and the west coast produces. How do they survive? How do they flourish? They do it through reaching out to other redwoods. Everything in creation is an example to you and I. Everything God has created is a beautiful typology of his love for us and the church. You cannot be successful if you're an island. You cannot grow to your full potential in Jesus being a loner. I like, I like how this article, this article on Redwoods put it. It says they, they have to extend themselves. Fellowship, the church of God, your relationship with the church is not a one-way street. It's not, here I am God, give me, give me, give me. We're like the little birdies on Sunday waiting for mama birdie. Come, mama. Give me, give me, God, here I am. Give me my daily rations, Lord. That's not the full potential of the church. The full potential of the church is when we bind together one with another in unity and love. It builds a strong church. The church has a relationship with the world. And I've got so much more to say, but I'm not going to do it. I, I feel a sense of prayer. I feel a, 
a sense of camaraderie in this building. But the church has a responsibility to this community. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, how can it salt? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden underfoot. Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on the hill that cannot be hid. God calls his church two very powerful elements. Light is a powerful element. It's a powerful force. This room could be pitch black dark and one small light from a candle could push back darkness in this room. Jesus said his church is like a lamp set on the hill. But he also said that we are salt. Salt is a very aggravating thing. When salt comes in contact with something, if it's truly salt, it will affect what it comes in contact with. The item that salt comes in contact with will not affect salt, but salt will affect the item it comes in contact with. Brothers and sisters, I say this with all sincerity today. Just as we need each other, just as we need fellowship, just as my obligation to the church is to be part of it, to push, to support with my time, my talents, my resources, my treasures, the church's relationship with this world is to affect it and to make a difference. Please hear my heart today. God is not pleased if we only come, pat each other on the back on Sunday and Wednesday, and we tell each other, man, wasn't that a great service? Boy, wasn't that good singing? Man, wasn't that wonderful? Boy, didn't Pastor challenge us with a word today? And we've got hundreds of folks in this building, but there are thousands and tens of thousands that need to have and experience what we've experienced today. How selfish of the church. I had a great lunch with Brother Gene Faxon. I don't know if Brother Gene's here today. Brother Gene, are you? There he is. Had a great lunch. What made it really great is he bought my lunch. Thank you, Brother Gene. That, that made it really great. It's a great lunch. Brother Gene and I, we, we talked about, so he asked me about men's group. He has a great vision. Men's group's going to do some wonderful things. But Brother Gene has something that's been in my heart. He has connections and contact with something that's been deep in my heart. Ever since God's allowed me to pastor, it's been in my heart. And that is taking this gospel outside of four walls of security. Ladies and gentlemen, as time progresses and we move into the summer, spring, summer, fall season, I ask you to be ready 
to be a church that not only gathers here twice a week, but a church that makes a difference out there. I've got a very sincere question, and, and it's not to, it hurts my heart. It, it, it falls right here on these shoulders. But does Kingsport and the Tri-Cities, do they know that we exist? Let it sink in. Do they know that it, that the Lighthouse Church exists? Are we seen in our community? You go to work, you're salt, you're light. Does the employees know that the church of God is right there with them? I'm going to ask some heavy questions and I want us to really consider it. My relationship to the church is to fellowship and strengthen each other. But my relationship with the world as part of the church is to be salt and light. In the next few months, we are going to aggressively be salt and light. Heaven rejoices. Heaven rejoices when we gather together and we all look the same and we all speak the same church lingo. Heaven rejoices when you, when you learn how to say praise the Lord just right. Heaven rejoices when our worship team hits all the notes just right and, and they come in right on time and boy, they did great and man, we just slap each other on the back. It was such a great sight. Let's go to the hobnob and eat. Heaven rejoices. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Heaven rejoices when someone becomes part of this great church. Heaven rejoices when a sinner comes home. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that today's message has blessed you. For more information about Lighthouse Church, check out our website at lighthousekpt.com. You can also check us out on all social media platforms at Lighthouse KPT. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with the most recent content from Lighthouse Church. Thank you all. Have a great day and God bless.